So today on Vulnerable, I speak with Jimmy Coco, an old friend who I haven't seen and caught up with in about 15 years. He's the pioneer of mobile spray tanning. He has every single person who is a celebrity on his roster, from the Kardashians to every single Victoria's Secret model on the runway. He is extremely accomplished. He has patents in his name. He's had many, many lives, but I'm excited to talk to him about his documentary, his legacy projects, and everything else going on with him. I'm Christy Carlson Romano, and this is the Vulnerable Podcast. So I am super excited to introduce you to my husband, Jimmy. I am super excited Hello. to be Hello. It's good to meet you. I've heard stories. I see so the what success. Have you heard? What have you heard? Because well, I have mentioned him several times before. I mean, that he's killing it. Yeah. Basically. I was like, <laughs> like, I always have bragged about you and I haven't seen you in many, many years, but I've always loved you from afar and appreciated how great you are. And I've just so we met through our friend Jody Marr. Jody Marr. Back, oh my goodness. Back in the day, yes. I was doing more musical stuff. And yeah. Jody is, I mean, how many Grammys has she won? She's a <sighs> songwriter. She's absolutely amazing. She is such a talent. When, I, well, I was writing songs with her. My, oh, were twi you? my twin brother and I, uh -huh. we were doing music way back in Isn't the there day. Isn't there's a song that you have? <laughs> there was a song ah, called Rock the I Tan. remember that. I know. Um, and my brother and I, we were working with her. Uh-huh. And uh, did she write the Jimmy Jimmy Coco song? Um, no. Well, actually, I wrote that. Okay. Yeah. I remember it. I wrote that. I, I know. remember it. It was That's cheeky. Been, that it's very cheeky. You very funny. I remember it. And Jody just, I mean, she could pick up a guitar or sit at the piano and magic would happen. Yeah, really. And though. it would happen really quickly. And if we would be in a writing session. And there would be another writing session going on, and they needed help from Jody. Like that, Jody could just do the bridge or finish the song. Yeah, she kind of like hops on and yes. helps a lot of people. And yeah. everybody knows this woman, Jody Marr. Yeah. Um, and I need to look up all of the, the people that she's written for, but I mean, we're talking like. Eh, oh my I mean, goodness, Alejandra Guzman, which yeah, I. Yeah, she does Spanish, a lot of really huge Spanish singers. Yeah, so the song Dave or Dodd. That she did for, that she wrote, mm -hmm. which was actually, I heard the song as a country song that she pitched that was titled Real. Mm. So the funny thing about this is that when we, way back in the day, way before I became Jimmy Coco even, yeah. and we were doing music, um, we would go into a, a convenience store and we would get snacks for writing sessions and mm -hmm. recording and stuff mm -hmm. because that's what my brother and I were doing at the time. And so Jody would always come up with her title there in the in the in the community. So we would be buying all the things that you would need to get through a session. Like was Red Bull a thing back then? Maybe. Yeah. It was whatever it was. Energy drinks, yeah. Diet Coke, whatever it was, candy, donuts, chips, just all stuff the stuff to keep your energy going. Yeah. Yes. And so she she bought milk. Real Milk, and Real was the title for that. And so that became the title of that song, Dave or Dodd, which was Alejandra Guzman's comeback. Mm -hmm. And I ended up tanning Alejandra for the Grammys, and, and she won the Grammy that year. And it was it was really exciting. Wait, okay, so let's talk, let's go, let's go back to the start. So yeah. Vulnerable is a podcast that's gonna talk about sort of like the genesis of of who you have become and 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 like how you got to that place essentially. Right. And so I know when I met you, but I really didn't know a lot about you. And I just enjoyed you and I knew you through the years and I've followed your work and been a fan of yours. But like, talk to me. So I didn't even know you were a twin. Yes. You know what I mean? And you, so you're from originally from? Sacramento, born in Washington state, but from Sacramento. Okay. And so yeah. you and your, your identical twin brother. Yes. How, what, what, what was that like? You grew up in NorCal, very different than SoCal. Very different than SoCal. Right. I don't recommend it. <laughs> <laughs> Zero stars. <No. laughs> I think that um, if you are the cookie cutter person for, you know, getting married and having children yeah. and all of that, then you'll do very well where I grew up. But yeah. that just wasn't who I was. It wasn't who my brother was. And, so we yeah. had a difficult time uh, growing up there. But yeah. I believe that it molded us into who we are today. So are right. you and your brother very similar? We are very similar. My okay. brother's a little more, I would say maybe a little more focused than I am. Okay. He decided to go back to school. Okay. And become a doctor of physical therapy. Oh, 
Okay. I'm so proud of him. That's, That's awesome. awesome. Yes, yeah, so proud of him. I think, but in the end, it's interesting because we both do house calls. So he's yeah. doing- Yeah, he does house doing, calls with Tanning. <laughs> yeah, I'm doing house calls for Tanning, and my brother does house calls for at assisted living facilities, adjusting walkers and canes and wheelchairs and keeping um, people- Yes, um, my mom just fell. Age. My oh, mom just fell. Did. Okay. What your brother does is, is yeah. extremely vital and important. Yes. The elderly community doesn't have a lot of support when you think about how accessible support should be. I mean, literally, we can get somebody on an Uber app to get you anything you possibly want. But a person who's likely to fall down and potentially pass out or right. it be very, very ill, I mean, and is at risk, like can't even find somebody to pick them up to go to doctor's appointments. Like I've recently been going through this with my mom. She mm -hmm. fell twice in the last year and a half. And so, you know, when we found somebody, because I moved her down to Austin, Texas, which is where me and Brennan now live, mm -hmm. it's like, wow, are you? It's, there's a capable person that I can make sure my mom is is getting care from. And so it's a very important yeah, job. And, and people who get into these areas of, of health care, they really do care. Yeah. They You'd absolutely hope, right? do care. My brother is such a caring person, mm -hmm. and I hear him... So I'll be going, I'll go to a client and, you know, he's, his house calls her during the day and mine are generally at night. And, you know, he'll call me after patients that he saw and he'll explain to me like, this is what happened or that's what happened. And, and that, you know, someone had fallen or someone, yeah. you know, even worse, he found them in distress and then they passed away. Yeah. So yeah. And they're like know, real, real, real issues. Yes. Impactfully. Yeah. Yeah. And then I'm talking to him about a spray tan that I'm going to correct, perhaps maybe that was applied by someone else. And these You're people like are this. about ready to lose their shit. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, okay, so we've got someone about ready to keel over on this side because of, you know, whatever. And then someone just and having a someone, fit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like a big perspective right. change. So how did right. two twin brothers from, from NorCal end up writing music together? Like, how did you guys end up in that? Like where, and where did that take place? Was that here in LA? So what happened was we were gymnasts. Okay. And we competed gymnastics and um, we were pretty good. And we would win, you know, some um, gymnastics meets and stuff. And then it would be in the newspaper. And then we were sought after by modeling agents. And then we were on some talk shows. And <laughs> it just, we, we had been in junior choir through church and um, we were in jazz choir in junior high school, and we were always about that entertainment. We were like little hams. We were gymnasts, and we liked to do synchronized gymnastics passes in the backyard, and we wanted everyone who could to watch us. Yeah. Right? So we just, that was our lives. So you, know, you we naturally were, were entertainers. We were naturally entertainers, right. yeah. So my brother and I um, then started going on these talk shows for twins, and there were, you know, really fun topics of like, you know, sexy twins. And then <laughs> we would win a contest. And right. it was just, it was fun. That's was awesome. Fun. And then what is your parent? Yeah. yeah. How did the music thing stop? So the music thing started when a friend of ours was like, hey, can you guys sing? Because you'd be a really great duo. And we're like, well. Um, In Sacramento? Yes. Wow. Okay. So then we. So you were ended, like local celebrities. <clears throat> we kind of were okay. with, without realizing it, you yeah. know, because. Living in Sacramento, for all of our successes, we were hated by our peers, right? Mm, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. it was hard for them. Well, were you Star guys... shine. They want to steal it. Yeah, yeah. Did you guys feel sort of like different than them in general? Yes. Okay. You know, and through our gymnastics, we had, um, we had mentors. Okay. And right. one of my mentors named Keb, Keb Byers, and um, his parents owned the gym. Mm -hmm. And I always knew from him that life outside of Sacramento could be so much better. Okay. Right. And that there was hope. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, you had, I think, higher educated people mm -hmm. and more open-minded people. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I learned that, and, and I learned that to be true, and, and it was true, and I think So it was God like a safe him. place for you. You did the gym, yeah, got yeah, it. Yeah, being a gymnast, and those were my people. Yeah. Um, and that was the safe place. Got it. You know, home wasn't super safe. Yeah. School wasn't super safe, but that was my safe place. Yeah. But um, yeah, so my brother and I, we did, 
we were singing and then pretty soon we were in New York and we were doing some demos and, and stuff. But um, And your parents, were they like into that for you? Were they like, well, the boys are going to do what they're going to do or how are they? I, I don't really remember them being into it or not. We just turned 18 and we were, were like, like, bye. Yeah. <laughs> we're out of here. Hey, we're hey, fucking New York. Yeah. Bye. There's we're like, crazier bye. stuff you could have been doing. I I'm know. Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So we, we just grabbed the bull by the horns and we tried whatever we could. Yeah. And, you know, some things we would succeed at and some things we didn't, but yeah. it was okay. Yeah. Because you had were, each other, right? We had each other. And okay. it was interesting, too, because there's, there's the a good thing a good side to that and then there's also the bad side to that i was fine always socially with my brother by my side right but without my brother by my side i didn't know what to do how to stand what to say who right. to talk to it was really scary so then i i became like oh who am i Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Right. Who am I if I can't, you know, figure out how to introduce myself um, in a room of people? Right. Are you identical twins? Identical. Right. And there's a lot that's shared, like, that can't even be explained. Right? Oh, yeah. Like, oh, oh, oh. I mean, well, there's two things that make identical twins different. Your fingerprint and life experience. So um, our fingerprints are different, and I had my appendix out. Mm. So that's what makes us different. Ah. Right. However, if I had children or my brother had children, we would share the same DNA. So those children wouldn't be necessarily only our nephew or niece. They would also be our, our half-sibling, our, oh half our, our stepchild. Yes. That's so wild. Or, I've never really thought about or that. Or like our half, what would you call that? A half-child. Yeah, like yeah. they would share my DNA, so yeah. I would actually be like the father also. You could also organ donate to yeah, them or yes. something, right? Yes. Like, well, be more likely to at least. Yeah, yeah. Wow. <laughs> Did I just say sibling? <laughs> <laughs> so I find that really interesting too because um, just the whole thing behind it, like my mother was not taking fertility medication and my dad, you know, they were just like- Did they come from twins? Happily married. No, okay. there were no other twins in the family. Okay. Hmm. So you guys were just kind of meant to be. So we were just, yeah, we were just sort so of. So like you were in New York for a bit and you were doing the whole thing. What ended yes. you up in the, uh, eventually what ended you guys up in, I guess, meeting Jody, working with Jody, and then did tanning come into a place with that? Were you tanning for yourself? So I was in, we, I moved to Miami. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. So I met someone mm -hmm. and uh, you know that first person that ever says, I love you? Yeah. Right. And you really believe that? Right. Yeah. And you want that for yourself? Yeah. So I went to Miami for that. Uh -huh. And it was amazing. And, you know, although it didn't work out, I met Jody and I met mm -hmm. so many wonderful people. Mm -hmm. And I started, um, I had a really wonderful modeling career mm, okay. through um, a lot of the sportswear magazines mm -hmm. in Miami, mm -hmm. which was great. So I was sort of recognizable mm -hmm. and that was kind of fun and earning money. It was and great. you were away from your brother? So I was away from my brother for a minute and then he moved down to Miami and joined me. Fun. And then we started doing some modeling together, fun. which was great. Yeah. yeah. And then it's kind of like one of those things you wake up and you're like, wow, Miami was a really great place to visit. <laughs> you're getting caught in a vortex of crazy. I think I want to go crazy. home now. Right, yes. right, right, sure. Yeah. And where was home? New York or L.A.? Or home what? was Sacramento. Oh, right. Sacramento. But, but, but you didn't want to go home. Yeah. So, so L.A. I was like, yeah, so <laughs> it was tough because it was like, was I going to go to New York? Right. Because I was familiar with New York. Yeah, that's or tough living I, there. Yes. And I was just a little afraid of New York. But I was really afraid of L.A. too. But I knew that Sacramento was out of the question. Yeah. Right. I just was not happy. So we ended up moving to L.A. We, you and your brother. My brother and I, we moved to L.A. together. Okay. And Still uh, performing? Still trying to sing? or Yes, we okay. were still trying to do that. We learned very quickly that we were not cut out for the industry that presented itself at the time. Got it. So we were like, ooh, we can't. We just were not. So we're like, okay. So we did actually sing 
on a world tour with Chippendales, mm-hmm. oh, wow. which was great. That's fun. And so we were able to get that out of our system, yeah, like that yeah. whole tour thing. We're like, okay, we did that. Yeah. And that was a lot of fun. Yeah, it's a lot of work. Yeah, yeah. And it was fun and it was a lot of work. And then uh, it was time to sort of settle down and think about like, okay, so what are we going to do now? We've done all of this entertainment stuff and we really enjoyed ourselves. Wow. Yeah. And now what? Yeah. Now what do we do? How old are you at this point? Like, I don't know, maybe 32-ish. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Got it. So um, it was great. I mean, we, I don't have any regrets. I love that everything that I set out to do, I got to do. Yes. And I got to get at least to somewhat the top of that, mm. you right. know, and, and, and say, wow, I did that. Yeah. You know. How did the tanning thing start? Yeah. So tanning for me, it was always sort of that lowest common denominator. If I was um, modeling the mm. sportswear that I was modeling, I had to be tan, right? Yeah. And I have a Port Weinstein birthmark on my chest. So I was always trying to blend that and learning about how they covered it up sitting in a makeup chair. You know, they were putting green over the red and then they were neutralizing it and then they were kind of matching my skin tone and always trying to match the red from the sunburn that I would show up with. Yeah, because you kind of have skin like my husband's. You guys have that uh, pink undertone. Yes. What's your background? So that's interesting because I did Ancestry DNA. Yeah. And as it turns out, I'm not German. I'm Dutch. Dutch, Mm. okay. Yes. All right. So I'm like, all right, where are my clogs? (laughs) (laughs) Well, they have those Crocs. Those Crocs kind of look like Crocs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't see you sporting Crocs. Mm -mm. (laughs) So they were doing that and you started to say, well, this is interesting. Like, I think I could do this. Yeah, so I was, I, I took a bartending job in L.A., which I enjoyed. And my brother was talking about going back to school to become a physical therapist. There you go. And I was like, oh, gosh, can I go back to school? Yeah. And I just did not know if that's what I wanted to do. Right. So I continued with um, the modeling and the bartending. And I knew that I always did have sort of a drive for the beauty industry. I just wasn't really sure how serious that was. Right. And then I learned of spray tanning. And I thought, I'll start a mobile tanning business because I didn't think that I would open a salon or be you know pinned down to one place yeah yeah. because i don't know about you but i cannot be like in one place for too long like a a nine-to-five job in an office somewhere it just was not my thing but wait mobile spray tanning was still pretty new the technology of spray tanning was also pretty new right somewhat like i don't know if it had been around for too too long right it wasn't around very long at all and uh, mobile tanning had never been done before. So I had stumbled upon an idea. Right. And then I executed and it became, I became the first person to ever do it, the pioneer, which influenced, I don't know how many thousands of, of, of spray tanners now. I would say more than thousands. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah definitely. So kind of cool. And um, very cool. it allowed me that, I mean, honestly, it was interesting because I became really well-known very quickly, which I wasn't ready for. But I just remember thinking, wow, this is what they mean. Like, L.A. can make your dreams come true. Right. right. A great who, idea. Who really put you on the map? Like, who's the, who, what's the, would you say the person was? I know who. You, who? Posh Spice. Oh, no. That's how, I, that's how you were pitched to me originally. Jody was like, yeah, he does Posh Spice. Oh, yeah. Well, I did. <laughs> but before that... I'm dating myself, by the way, by saying Posh Spice. <laughs> oh my gosh. So I have to say that I was already working with, way back in the day, mm-hmm. I was working with Jennifer Garner and Jenny McCarthy and Laura Flynn Boyle. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Laura was amazing. Twin Peaks. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I met Laura at, at a pool party and my friend was like, hey, um, you have to be my, my friend, Jimmy. He's a celebrity tanner. And I'm like, what? <laughs> I had no idea what he was You're talking about. You're like, this about. is my life now? <laughs> it? What? Yeah. I, I, thought, I thought he was kidding. And then it all came true. Wow. wow. But then it all came around when the Desperate Housewives came along. Okay. And then I started tanning them. To, uh, on uh, set and whatnot? Yes. Like pretty consistently because they always look flawless. And- yes. Yeah, so that, <laughs> that was what really did it. Yeah. Um, and by the way, your method of spray tanning is, is I feel like mastery. So yes, you can do many, many things, but like 
this is something that I've seen you actually do to my body. And he mm. can literally make you have abs where there are none. Like he can literally make your up. body. <laughs> he just taught me a couple times when you sprayed me, he's, he's taught me um, a lot about like body image. And like, yeah. it was really interesting to hear you talk sometimes about stuff. And it stuck with me because I was, when we met Jody Marr introduced us, Mm-hmm. I had very different like black straight hair. I was yep. struggling with my body image. Um, I was not healthy, smoking a ton and drinking. And like, I remember Jimmy just being so sweet and just like, almost like, honestly, very magical energy, right? Like mm-hmm. you're just like very sweet and like ethereal. And you're like, hey, I'm here to like make you feel good about your body. And like, I, I you want abs? I'll give you abs. You want a little butt lift? Sure, whatever. Like, no, I'm just, like, are you ready? I, I bet. Yeah, you're ready? like, oh man, it was a while ago. You do something long enough, right? Oh. Right, but I, I, I'm I, glad I was so sweet. Back you, then. you are, but you still are that person because, um, but yeah, and, and it's amazing how we all grow into these. Yeah. This, and you know, LA is not a friendly place, and no, yeah. So it's like over time it can take the things that you love and it can really either discourage you or it can make it very corporate yes. and, and that's okay. Like in some ways it's okay. As long as you keep that, that part of you that still loves what you do. So I do find that that's a challenge. Like I'm even struggling with like, do I want to continue to act right now or do mm-hmm. I want to just kind of stay in the sponsored, you know, sort of content world. It's yeah. like easier to do some things like that. You know, right. LA is where all of my dreams came true. Dreams that I didn't even know that I could dream. Dreams that I didn't ask for and dreams that I couldn't ask for. (laughs) And they all sort of came true. And I'm very grateful for that. But also on the other side of that, we can't forget LA has one of the highest crime rates, right? Yes. And it's very dangerous living in LA. We know that even today. More so today. More More so so today. today. Yeah. Yeah. And Sunergize, my documentary, came from a very sensitive time for me after someone super close to me passed away suddenly. And I was really scared because I thought, if this person can pass away so fast, we're all vulnerable. Yes. And then uh, two years later, someone else extremely close to me would would die. Mm. And it was really, really sad. And so in that mind frame of, okay... Jimmy, what is it if your time was to come tomorrow? What would you want to be remembered for? And that was a really, really, really tough question because you think I would love to be remembered for this award or for that client or for this contour that I did on this person or this, you know, TV show that I did. But really, I didn't want to be remembered for any celebrity or anything like that. I wanted to be remembered for my visionary, my creative mind. And I had a project that I've always wanted to do. And this was my opportunity to do that. So Synergize came from a place of sadness, actually. Mm. And it's it's kind of interesting to think about when I was struggling through losing two people that were so close to me and realizing that I was going through a time of sadness. And I turned my attention to a region of sadness to go and do my legacy project is what I call it, which is Synergize. That's beautiful. Yeah. So I didn't realize that I should have tried to get more like, you know, attention or help for myself during that time, but through the project and trying to raise awareness to the region, yeah. um, that would help me anyway. Can so, you explain yeah, yeah a little so bit about what it's about? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. so I had a friend who was a photographer. Her name was Marie Elter. Mm -hmm. And she was, um, she and her son were doing uh, photos out at the Salton Sea. And and I was just like, where is this place, the Salton Sea? And she says, oh, my friend, my son, Frank Tabering, he's done some documentaries on the Salton Sea. And you should watch this. So right when I saw that documentary, I forget the name of it. And forgive me for forgetting the name of it. And I am so sorry, Frank and Marie. (laughs) But um, I watched the, the Salton Sea, and I knew instantly that's where I want to do Synergize. Mm. I want to Synergize at the Salton Sea. So what is the Salton Sea? So the Salton Sea, it's out in the Coachella Valley. Mm-hmm. The Salton Sea is California's largest body of water and yet our biggest environmental disaster. Mm. So in the early 1900s, the Colorado River had a canal burst. 
So the Colorado River, the canals would disperse or uh, like empty out. Yes, yeah. into different regions, mm-hmm. agricultural regions like Vegas and different areas of right. Southern California that need it. That need it because of drought. Yeah, right. And the canal, there was a canal burst which spilled all these tons of water into the Salton Sink of the Coachella Valley. And it filled up and filled up and filled up and filled up. And it became this amazing, wonderful Salton Sea. Clean water. Yeah, very clean water. Because at the rate of the flow of the water going into that area, the evaporation, everything just worked perfectly. So soon people were building houses. They were fishing for tilapia. 400 different species of birds were uh, migrating and feeding off the fish during their migration process. And it became like a real... Oasis. Oasis. Yeah. Yeah, Thank you. And then they decided to reroute the water back to its intended origins, which then what happened was the water was not coming in, but it was still evaporating out. So then the salt content of the water was was becoming too toxic for the fish to survive. The birds that were migrating could no longer feed feed there. Mm -hmm. So we were losing birds and fish and... Then the, the, the smell, and as it evaporated, the toxic dust that was left behind from the bottom of the, of the sea. And so the region has just become like a toxic wasteland. So people don't talk about it too much, but we do have the Coachella festivals, and it's all right there. Right. And it's like no one's really doing anything to help or It's talk a about weird it. area over there. Yes. My husband will talk about the Indio Valley and how, yeah. you know, he, he's a former Marine, and he, you don't love the desert. <laughs> Well, I mean, the reason I don't love the desert is probably very different than why, than why other people would love the desert. He doesn't even like, it's no, 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 it just triggers him. No, it's him. just the, it's oh. the, it's the drama. Gra- but he, no, but it's his, not really tr- his grandma lives down there. And, I can't even go see her. And he's like, we just can't I just come back can't down go here. To the desert. And I'm like, well, come on, let's go to Chicachella. He's like, no. But you even believed so far, okay, in just kind of parsing out the story of all this. And you you think that there's actually like, like, um, isn't it mentioned like Joshua Tree is oh, being the gates like, to heaven and hell both have Joshua Trees? <laughs> yeah. I mean, if we're talking about spirituality, yeah, yeah. somewhat. Yeah, I mean, I'm not a, yes. you know, but I'm, what he's talking about when you watch this documentary, it's so interesting. There's ruins that people have yeah. left their homes and, oh. and and droves. It's an abandoned town that looks like a ghost town, and it's, now there's like it's like very ruined because of the salt. Yes. it looks like there's just like it's a like a horror movie or something down there. Absolutely. So I went to Bombay Beach, which was a popular um, beach. Destination. Back in the day, yeah, in the yeah. 1950s, people, celebrities were building houses there, and it was a, an oasis. And so I went, and I thought, this is where I want to do my spray tan using solar power. So it would be the world's first mobile spray tan using the sun's energy, turning the sun green with envy. And so I did it. Yeah. I did it. I called my friend Allie Ryan, who is a singer, and I said, hey, do you want to go and um, do this project with me? And she said, I would love to. I asked Marie and, and Frank Tabering of Open Valve Studios. I said, hey, guys, what do you think about um, this project? Yeah. Let's, let's do this. I wanna, uh, I've always wanted to do this project, and I'm so inspired by your work at the Salton Sea. Let's go and do this uh, a, a spray tan there. So you've, you've created so much like joy and like you, you were always, a, you networked quite a lot, but it was very mm. authentic. Like I, when I met you, it always felt like, you're this larger than life person, but like you loved what you did. And at the same time, you loved people. Mm-hmm. And for better and for worse, I feel too like you much. could take care of yourself. But yeah. and I'm sure and that's yeah. we should definitely get into that too, in some respect. Yeah. But it's one of those things where, you know, you put so much joy in people's hearts, but now you're finally asking people to help you do something important, mm-hmm. your legacy project. Mm-hmm. What, what did that feel like when people were jumping to help you? Was that really nice feeling or it was a really wonderful feeling because i was like hey guys what do you say we just go we have some fun and we do this and everyone jumped on board yeah and when i first saw it when i saw the the finished project for the first time yeah i cried it's a beautiful beautifully done i cried yeah frank tabering is one of the most talented filmmakers i think that i've ever met what else has he been doing he does many documentaries. I know that recently they moved back to Switzerland. Oh, okay. Yeah, so COVID was rough. I think he he was doing some um, makeup 
uh, tutorial videos. Hey, man, so, you got to pay the bills. Yeah, he was doing. I'll do what a he makeup could. tutorial. Right now and then. So he, I believe. I mean, I think that he could be, you know, an award-winning, you know, director. And but again, L.A. is just not. It is hard. How yeah. did COVID affect your business? Yeah. So suddenly, <laughs> I mean, I was on a trip. I was on a trip working for a client and we were in Turks and Caicos. I was kind of like, what is going on with all these masks? And I had traveled to Japan before. So I know people wear masks if they're not feeling well. And they're very respectful of, of other people because they wear a mask if they, if they know they're not well or if they just feel like they're not. And I loved that about the Japanese culture. They were very kind to each other. So, I, but I just wasn't used to it here. Mm. And so it was really kind of a little scary. I'm like, what is going on here? Yeah, yeah. And then suddenly COVID, it just started getting, you know, bigger and bigger and bigger. And we just didn't know, didn't know, didn't know. Suddenly we weren't working. There was no work. And it was very, very, very scary. Yeah. yeah. Yes, very scary. In fact, by the time I did start working again, I think I cried when I saw my clients because we didn't know if we would ever see each other again. I mean, I'm very sensitive that way anyways. I love people. And I was just like really nervous, like what is happening here? And then um, we kind of figured out, well, I guess now we have a new, I mean, I had a COVID test sent right. to me yesterday before today. So yeah. it's just now we've got it down and we know what to do and we're um, doing the best. And yeah, I'm, I'm glad that I recently, I mean, I recently just got over COVID. And when I got COVID, when it tested positive, two things came to my mind. This was your first time getting COVID. My first time ever getting After COVID. After all that time, that's, After, yeah. I was like, I'm not going to get it. Yeah. Nope. I'm not going to get COVID. That's what I thought too. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to be the one that doesn't get it. Well, I got it. And the sad part to that was that it was my sister's birthday. And I have not spent my sister's birthday with her in over 30 years, probably. Oh, mm. my God. So, and since I was with my brother a couple of days before... That meant that he couldn't have dinner with her either. So our oh. whole birthday party plan for her, taking her for dinner, was completely just blown. Oh. And we were so sad. So sad. So I, I, was, I was really sad. You felt I, guilty. Like you felt like it had something to do with you. Yes, I felt guilty. Like yeah. I didn't take enough care of myself to... Um, ensure that I would be in a you know safe space before so I could make it to my sister's birthday. But I just never thought that I would get it. I was always careful. We and know we know that. Yeah. I hope as a collective consciousness people know that you can get it in ways even oh, if you're you taking every precaution possible. Get it. Oh plus yeah. I'm working on TV productions where, you know, we sign paperwork that we're gonna be very careful. Tested, yeah. Yeah, yeah and yeah. tested mm -hmm. and we are tested regularly. Yeah. And um so many times that we've signed up for a shoot or something and it, it, it was canceled we know it was because someone got covid it was never because i caught covid because my tests were always negative yeah but the fear of being the reason oh i'm for sure a see. big production to be shut down was a real fear for me and that kept me locked up in my apartment masked up and very careful with the cats with and the, the treats oh, which is also by the way not great the for mental is, health oh yeah you know tough you got to be around people. That's the tough part about this thing. It was hard because I remember calling people on FaceTime. And isn't it interesting how FaceTime became such a real way of communicating? It wasn't just like this thing. Oh, my God, look. We look can what see my phone other. can look do. Look what my phone can do. Yeah. We really relied on FaceTime as a means to stay connected with family and friends that we could not see. Yep. Yeah. You know, I... My friend Angela, she's so funny, and I love her so much, and she's so busy. She was in a bubble bath, and she answered me, and I was like, oh, darling, how are you, darling? And I just love her, Angela Levine. She's a makeup artist, and I just absolutely adore her. And I thought to myself, wow, she really cares about me to know that I could be vulnerable in that moment and need to see her face or talk to her. That's great. That yeah. is one of the benefits of that technology, yes. for sure. And My parents were, yeah. sorry, they were nine minutes from where we lived. When we live in Austin now. Mm -hmm. We were living in Orange County at the time, and we didn't see them for five or six months. Yeah, you and know? our girls are young, right? So 
the grandma, we lived in Orange County after living here for many years. Mm -hmm. We lived in West Hollywood and everything. And then yeah. like we moved to Orange County to be close to them. Mm -hmm. And so for a while it was helpful to have them there, but they definitely had to take their space just like you. Like we had to lock it up. And um, she built a chicken coop on her birthday. I built a chicken COVID. coop. <laughs> oh my goodness. We got chickens and that eggs. I was a horse girl oh, yeah. on my 35th. Sixth birthday, whatever. That's one of them. Amazing. Yeah. So anyway. My my nephew was born. So when I was two years old, my dad was killed in a car accident. Oh, oh my, my goodness. goodness. Yeah. Wow. And I grew up without a father. I had a stepdad. Okay. And um, but I never really had a father figure. Do you right? have pictures? Do you know what what did what was did what was your original dad like? So I don't know much about my my father um because I was so young. And I know that, uh, I, I mean, Your mom it, was, doesn't really it, was a, it was, it was, it was a situation where I guess my dad was out and he called his best friend to pick him up because he had been drinking. Mm. And so his best friend came to pick him up mm. and, um, picked him up. And then on the way home, they lost the line along the road and the car wheel apparently went off into the ditch on the side mm. um or so they thought the car will came off of the car the so they're driving and oh. they're driving slow yeah, and you know yeah. how you're if you fall off the edge of the road oh, and so they, they were caught kind of, it yeah it kind of like so the car was kind of sitting like on the edge right oh it was actually my my uncle that was driving the car so he was like stay in the car let me check to see what's on the other side because there were some you know pretty far you know steep and your dad had been drinking stuff. so he's like yes. let me handle it yeah let me handle it okay <clears throat> so my dad wanting to help out with the situation opened the door and that's when the car slid down oh. and went over down the embankment wow. yeah so that's what happened and my brother my older brother at 51 years old had a baby finally and oh, had a boy and so we were so excited that we were having a boy and um, it would be Charles the third because my dad was actually Charles the fourth because my grandpa Charles and then my dad was Charles and then my brother Chuck is Charles and then now we have Charlie. Mm. Yeah. And so he's about a year and three months now. But it was really hard because we would schedule, I'd buy a plane ticket or plan on driving to see the baby and then the numbers would surge. And my brother works in the hospital. Your older brother is a nurse practitioner, correct? My older brother is a trauma nurse. Trauma nurse. And oh my gosh. Yeah. What it's I must believe been like he's a trauma him. nurse. So we were thrilled to have a baby boy coming into the family after so long. And it was at the same time heartbreaking that he was being born in the midst of COVID mm -hmm. and that we couldn't see him. And it was really a difficult time for me because I needed that. Like when I, when my brother told me that, that they were going to have a baby, I'll never forget what happened to my, my heart would bloop. It just nope. was like this feeling that I had. And I was so excited because there well, was. You had like, lost people that were close to you only a couple years before. Yes. But my nephew, he's like the apple of all of our eye. We are just so in love with him. And we have this group chat that is just every day we get yeah. videos and photos. And yeah. he's just getting into everything. He's pulling all the socks out of the drawers. <laughs> he's they so have one, cute. They, they have just one, right? <laughs> they had just one. Yeah. And a pair. And at, so she, so he's was 50 or 51. And then she is like 40. Mm -hmm. So. You know, obviously they're they didn't, they're surprised. They're surprised that they, <laughs> right, right. they knew that they suddenly they're like, oh my gosh, we need to have a kid. We need to have a kid. Yeah. And then when I found out that they were pregnant and then the baby was actually and then we knew it was gonna be a boy, mm -hmm. I was so thrilled for my brother Chuck because he was five years old. So he knew when, when dad my dad died. Passed, yeah. Yes. So he knew very well oh. that that daddy had passed away. And so I was so happy. And I was waiting for him because I felt I felt like it took him a while to catch on to just falling in love with the baby. Uh, he probably had a lot to work through too yes. emotionally. And well, plus at oh that my, age, you've lived so much life, and you yes. know your routine and your life, and yeah. something so new is jarring. Yeah, 
And he is absolutely, I am so, I can't even And he's up you. in Sacramento? Uh, yes. Okay, so he's still up there. Is yes. your mom, and is your mom still with My us? My mom is still there. Okay, so she yes. gets to be a grandma, yes. however old she is. She is, and she is like a proud grandmother. That's amazing. And we all just went up for Charlie's first birthday. Oh, see, so you did just recently get to see him? Got to see him. Okay. October. He's born October 30th, right before Halloween. We yes. are so excited. That he is going to have the best birthday parties because yes. it's going to be like a pre-Halloween. And he's going to totally. oh, and Most important thing. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yes. So um, I'm so excited and I'm just so proud of them and they're amazing parents. Yeah. And we've all had to be incredibly patient through COVID. And just, you know, when you see your nephew for the first time and you're like, oh my gosh. And, you, you know, you think for a second that you see yourself. Yeah. And the baby. Yeah. I don't know what that means, but you're no, trying to it's, find. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah. absolutely. And Especially when it's like that. you're, it's, well, did you want kids? I never really thought that I wanted them or I didn't. It yeah. just was never the natural thing yeah. that would take place. Right, 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 right. You know, given the circumstances. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like okay. I knew very early on that, you know, I wasn't going to be, you know, the groom someday walking <laughs> the aisle having you know a wife and children right, right, I, just, right. I knew that wasn't going to be like the thing. traditional way of a right. family but my brother now is like hey we need cousins we need cousins and i'm like really <laughs> really i think if it i think you'd be an amazing father i would love to become a dad i think you'd i would be an amazing absolutely father. love to so become now a you're dad. you're like yeah i think i'm about it yeah, I would yeah. love to. I mean, I wish I could snap my fingers, <laughs> but yeah. um, that's just not the Talk way. Talk about it works. a legacy project. Snap your fingers until the time like nine. That's what you really want. It's like, all yeah, right, yeah, we've worked through all that other stuff. Your, <laughs> your birth control might be being an amazing uncle. Oh my goodness. And I know I could be an amazing uncle. Yes. 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 I know that I can do that. That's amazing. But it would be nice. See, before when, when Jimmy Coco came along, I was really proud to have a name that I was proud of. Oh, yeah. So my birth name, I was like, you know, I was ready to discard my birth name because I wasn't proud of... What is your birth name? Snyder. Oh, my God. I love that name. Yeah. <laughs> well, he doesn't. Snyder. Jesus. I guess, but I know. I like that <laughs> name, too. No, I love kidding. Jimmy Coco. So I do now because my, my nephew's last name is Snyder. Ah, oh. so I've embraced it. So I've created, I don't even think my brother knows this. I've created an email address now with my full name. Wow. Yeah. And I'm so proud of that. It's amazing. Cool. Yeah. So Jimmy Snyder, that's your name? Yes. So that's it was, my, my, my biological father's best friend, Jimmy Snyder. Really? Yeah. That's oh my God, amazing. Crazy. Yeah. So my twin brother is Tim. So it was Jim and Tim, Jimmy and Timmy Snyder. Yeah. Which we thought was German until I did my ancestry DNA. I did my ancestry DNA. This is funny. I thought, I wonder if possibly my dad wasn't my dad. Because <laughs> you, you hear you all these stories. Because you, you never really knew him. That's right. So I'm like, I wonder if I have a father that's actually still alive. And you could trace and, him. And, yes, and I could trace him. Yeah. So it was after learning that a very close friend of mine learned that her father was not her father. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was like, ooh, I wonder. And so I called my brother. I was like, what do you think the chances are that our dad could still be alive? He was like, he died. I'm like, but what if that wasn't but, our dad? But what if he wasn't our biological father? What's, what's your relationship like with your brother? After you guys lived so many lives together in so many different cities and doing so many different things, what, what is it like now? Especially with your success. He, your independent success. Yeah, yeah we're... Um, Does he miss it? Does he like come and visit you and are like, oh, this is still the fun, fancy life? He hates LA. Okay. So I visit him. My brother lives in Laguna Niguel. Oh, oh, great. And so when, so I'm the one needing the break from LA. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. LA, we can go back to LA is a really rough place. Yeah. It's a very difficult place. So sometimes. you don't even want to be here, Jimmy. <laughs> <laughs> you can come back to Austin with oh us. My God. I would love to. You Look, this podcast is set up here because yes. this is where people are. But if we had it our way, yes. it'd be in Austin. It would be in Austin. And I would have flown to Austin to do See this. You. Just in case. you were wondering. Good to know. Good to know. <laughs> I hear Austin's a great place to live. It's amazing. Yes. Yeah. It is. It is. It is a very and peaceful place. And there's a wonderful place. community there. Incredible. Yeah. People are yes. incredible. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. They're so kind. Yeah, they'll open up their Rolodexes and their hearts to you with no expectation. You oh would love, you goodness. would love it and fit in perfectly. Yes. So yeah, I I leave. 
I go visit my brother to get away. And whereas I once hated returning home to Sacramento, now my nephew is there and the extended family. And I love that we have his. So my nephew has an auntie, Lena, Mm -hmm. who is his nephew's mother's sister. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So Lena lives down here. So I hang out with Auntie Lena. That's awesome. Yeah. So it's really interesting how we have that family connection through my nephew. That's great. So what I what I find really interesting about your story so far, right? Mm -hmm. And then we can. I want to jump back into talking about like the documentary and stuff like that. But uh, it's like the brand, you know, for so long. And and I know remember when we first met, Jimmy Coco was who you were, like you said. And by the way, I was Christy Carlson Romano very mm-hmm. much when I met you. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, and I was very much a different person than I am in now. In the trenches of that. And totally, I've, yes. I've gone full circle and almost had to reclaim that name because now it's safe for me to reclaim that name. Mm-hmm. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And like, you know, it's important because you know as a brand, a branded name, to sort of embrace it in a way that can and and sort of foster the creativity behind the brand Mm -hmm. so that people still buy into it right so that it's still something that you can profit from otherwise what is you know that is somewhat of your legacy still absolutely but to have like a what brendan and i call an ironic distance from it to like be like okay like that's who i am but it's not really who i am it's not my life experience so like when i met you we talked a lot about your roster because i asked yeah. But now yeah. it's like we're talking solely about not experiences in Hollywood, which you have tons and tons and tons of those, mm-hmm. but more or less like the importance of your nephew and your yeah. family and your family name and mm-hmm. going to Sacramento. And it's like, it really is wonderful to see that all this time has gone by such a beautiful journey you've made. And just now you're coming back into you know, new products, new business, new whatever. And it's like, you can still enjoy the fruits of the brand that you've created all over all this time. Yeah. And it's like you say, coming full circle. I never thought that I would embrace my biological self. Yeah. The way I am now. And it's because of my brother and his wife. Well, they're not married yet. Which is even there? You even, go. I got a wedding even, on the way. Oh my gosh! I can't wait for that. <laughs> oh my gosh! You know the the little kids in the wedding are yeah. like the most fun part of the wedding. Oh, yeah. sure. oh my god! I can't wait to see how my <laughs> nephew is like disruptive or like really great or whatever. Awesome. Um, yeah, real so, life, real life stuff. Yeah. So I'm 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 back around to loving who I am. Like I I I am proud of the work that I've done. I'm proud of the brand and I'm proud of all of those things. But at the end of the day, you've got to have your family. Yeah. You have to have your family. Shit will always hit the fan. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's always going to hit the fan. And when it does, who are you going to turn to? And you can define your family, too. Yeah, which is yeah, great. absolutely. If, if, if you don't have well, family members, you could you can create your own found family. Yeah. I but feel family like is important. The person yeah. who introduced us, Jody, uh-huh. was very much a big sister to me. Yeah. And I feel like her friends were very much her family. Oh, and Shane Solosky. Shane oh my God, Solo. Shane Solo. Oh, yes. And What's up? Shout out to Shane. Oh my God, Shane is amazing. I'm still friends with him on Facebook too. <laughs> Shane, Old rocker. So my, yeah, my twin brother, Tim, he's still doing music. He absolutely loves the music. Is he a musician, he's, your brother? He's singing. Okay. And he's, he's doing, he's producing through GarageBand. Cool. And he's like, he's really, i impressed he's doing such a good job but he's yeah. always recording with shane that's awesome shane yeah. i've recorded with shane yeah yeah um I've i have. think we all have right yes yeah shane's great <laughs> brendan hasn't met shane yet yeah shane's amazing oh you've got to meet shane shane solo shane is so cool he's and very he finally cool. has and he has this amazing girlfriend yeah they love each other so much and i you've always just wanted that for shane yeah right? yeah I guess. to have just yes. a girlfriend that yes. just so he has that. And Shane happy. gave me this book that was this like Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Heart Band. He was really big into the Beatles. Uh-huh. Um, and he gave me this like limited edition book that we have in like our library. I'll show it to you. But Shane's cool. Um, he's he's probably in his like like 50s, right? No? Yeah. Yep. And was he in a band? He was in a band. Wasn't he in a big band? Yeah. The band was called Big. 
It I was? Think. Yes. Okay, so okay. he was he played bass for Five for Fighting? Yes, that's what it was. Yeah. Yeah. The Superman that. song? Yeah. Yeah. But he's been I mean, he's been part of so many wonderfully successful bands. And um so he and Jody were in a band called Big. Yes. I believe that was that's the name right. Of the band. And she was the lead singer. And she was the lead singer. Got it, got it. Yeah. Okay. So she and um Shane, they have just been fixtures in my life. Yeah, they were your somewhat of your family. And I and yeah. I think I remember that. So mm-hmm. that's nice. Yeah. That's nice that you brought up Shane. I forgot about that. This is, these are different like chapters in my life that are actually really positive. You guys were yeah. really, really sweet to me at a time where when I look back was a really hard time. You know what I mean? And in, and just out of curiosity, in terms of like body image, like how do you feel like in terms of like, I know how you're so supportive of the people that are your clients, mm-hmm. but like, what do you make of body image like with young girls? Like, you know, and and how it's happening. Like we've, we've remarked upon like the people on TikTok as not really even like having a childhood anymore because it's happening younger and younger and younger now that they look older and older and older. Yes. Have yes. you seen that too? Or is that just the, the, the helicopter mom in me? I feel like it's a shame where we've gone to with, you know, body image and all of these filters that we have on different social media platforms to change your body or to change your face. It's like, you know, where are the times of embracing who we are? So I have this Port Weinstein birthmark on my chest, but I don't cover it up every day and I'm not ashamed of it. And you know, what's funny is that as much as the body image issue with the filters is Uh a thing, body inclusion is also there. Body image, sort of like acceptance and stuff. You know, and Kim Kardashian with her curves and, you know, she's been able to really... I'm sorry, have you sprayed? Are you a Kardashian sprayer? Oh, you are, I have. right? Yeah, 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 yes, <laughs> yes. You didn't know that? How did I know that? And no, I knew that. I knew that. I just didn't, I didn't, I just wanted to admit it. it. <laughs> every, every girl with curves can look up to Kim. Yes. For, you know being themselves and and wearing what makes them feel beautiful and not worrying about what people might say if they're, you know, but isn't the right size for them. You, you know, what, you I know mean? what I find interesting, actually, like recently I've been looking at some posts like there's this like Saqqara life and like yeah. the girl that's eating it is like really thin and like mm-hmm. wearing like, you know, fitness stuff. And I have to train my brain not to judge her for being thin because I know it's like we've come so far as to accept body image as being fuller is better, but it's not necessarily about better. It's about healthier. Right. Without the falseness of healthy. And I have 10 years of Victoria's Secret um, fashion shows backstage doing tanning. So I've seen all different sizes and I've seen all different types of beauty Hmm. and what different... uh, perspectives people have on beauty like right. they talk to Has you it evolved about- a lot it since has you first started it has absolutely evolved in a good way in a good way yeah. yeah i mean some look you can look at a woman who's like very thin and thinks she's very chic regal beautiful and she and she is and then you can also look at a more fig- full-figured woman yeah. or man and they could be the same and now they finally have a voice. Everyone has a voice. Right. Um, even trans women. I work with, with trans girls yeah. that are beautiful also. And, you know, it's great that we've come to a time and a place where people can be outspoken and tell their story. And you wouldn't believe the amount of people that are willing to not only listen to it, but understand them, accept them and agree and support them. That's also. part of what we want to do on this podcast. Yeah, too. It's like yeah. just platform all different kinds of people with different yes, stories. Yes. And I think that's probably, that's one side of social media where we can get lost as we get into these echo chambers of thought. This, it's either this or it's that with body or this or that. It's like, I feel, this is why I like podcasts so much. Mm-hmm. If you have the opportunity to really get to know somebody and hear their story, yeah. the image that you see before you would change, right? Because people have a lot of depth to them. Right. We live right. in the gray, not the black yeah. or the white. I actually have a I have a question about male body image too. Okay. Like how have you seen male body image change in in all types of male communities? Heterosexual, homosexual, like in, in the range of that, I feel like there has been less acceptance. In fact, I feel like hetero males 
have more toxic masculinity issues with mm -hmm. their body image than ever before. And then in the LGBTQ plus community, right. is there's there is that acceptance still. I'm not sure about the exclusively male side of that, but like, what do you think of that? Like on the spectrum of the that? I don't think I've seen enough. I mean, hetero men, males still want to look buff. They and still like want cut. abs, and like there's, there's so much pressure. There's still pressure, and there's a lot of um, a lot of need for the abs. I mean. They feel like if they don't have abs, then do you not do you have to, to like go to like male that are that are identifying as hetero? Like, do you have to spray abs on them a lot of times? You feel like I do. Yep. Yeah, it's requested. Everyone wants abs. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, you already have them. I can off. follow the lines that are already there, but I can enhance them. Sure. So yeah. everyone's already got them. Yeah. But it is you are starting to see a little bit more out in the open and like on commercials and stuff. Like the what do they call it? The dad bod. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. We've yeah. talked about right this. Here, and, yeah, and I, and I feel like I'm somewhere <laughs> in between. Like, but I feel that um, the focus on the body positive is is women because for years, if you weren't super skinny, yeah, you weren't fashionable or accepted. Yeah. And I'm really happy to see that that has changed and that the color of your skin no longer matters. And whatever was seen as a negative before, a birthmark, alopecia, freckles is now accepted as beautiful. Right. And um, there's commercials where you see the girls with freckles and, yeah, and you're just like, oh my gosh, these. It's what makes us so unique. Yes. There are amazing things coming. Okay. Let's hear it. Um, and if there, um, there will be more inventions and more. Um, I can't wait. Do you own patents? First. Yes, I do. Amazing. I do. That's the so game. So all I can say is watch the space okay. and um, know that I'm not done and things are amazing. Life is good. Do you want to do more documentaries? Absolutely. I would love to do more documentaries. I would love to synergize in every region of the world that I would ever work. So that's with synergizing, but is synergizing something that's about uh, like, is it a not a politicized movement, but is it about climate change? Is it about that? Like, what is it for you? What is your why on the project? So the why on the project is to find a place or a region. So the, a place that I would love to, to synergize next would be, um, there's a rapid deforestation in the Northern England forest. Mm -hmm. And um, the trees that were cut down too fast, that's causing a problem with the ecosystem there. Mm -hmm. and I, And for those people that aren't aware of that, I would love to synergize there to raise awareness to that and possibly raise money for the region to help out whatever insect needs to live off of that tree or that sure. shrub. Well, that, yeah, that's you know what I mean? something that a lot of people don't realize. Right. Is that it starts, yeah. a tree goes to an insect, goes to a bird, goes to, yeah, right. Yeah. And it, yeah. And when you everything. say make the sun green with envy, it's because it's not actually doing its job in tanning the person. Right. It's You're powering up. The spray tan machine that's giving them a tan without right. any sun damage. And right. also, I heard on your documentary that the trees themselves, like sugarcane crops and stuff, are needed yeah. to make the chemicals that are inside of the spray too. Right. So. Yeah. So well, a lot of the the natural ingredients are are grown under the sun. Well, look, I'm really excited to see what you do in this documentary space. And if you ended up using that same filmmaker, they did a great job. So yes. you know, good luck with that. And, and by the way, thank you. Just as a point of note, today I had read that they created an artificial plant, which is very cost effective and is, and is uh, sucking in greenhouse gases. It's supposed to be incredible. And they're looking at doing it Do you know it what the name scale. of it is? I can't remember. Feel free to Google it. I will. I don't have my googly in front of me right now. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. But if I did, I tell you, it's very, very cool. And hopefully it becomes a big thing. Sucking in. Wow. That well, would be amazing. Yeah. Being inventive is, yes. is what we must do. Yes. Thank yes. you so much for Thank coming. Thank you. Uh, honestly, yeah, fun. it was really fun catching up with you. And so great catching up with you. You are just too. as amazing and magical as you were the first time that we hung out. <laughs> and a great Thank pivoter, you. most importantly. Oh. Most importantly. Most importantly. <laughs> hey, you're a great pivoter. No, honestly, you're a great pivoter. And like that's part of the focal point of the show is no one becomes successful without failing. Right. right. And like how many, how many times how do you do you live in that failure or do you pivot? How do you learn from it? And the fact that you've had all these different life experiences mm -hmm. and now mm -hmm. have this amazing business is just, that's what makes you so, I mean, and all your stories make you so interesting. I guess if there would be a takeaway from this podcast and from me um, delivering a message, it's that during times of, 
of darkness or sadness or tragedy and loss, if you look within yourself to find your light, it could shine brighter than it ever did before. You Love just that. have to really find that. Heck yeah. Thank you, Jamie. That's a great way to close. Yeah, thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Vulnerable is hosted by me, Christy Carlson Romano, produced by Elizabeth Joy Windham and executive produced by Brendan Rooney. Our sound engineer and editor is Elizabeth Joy Windham and our video editor is Eduardo Gamba. Follow Vulnerable wherever you listen to podcasts so you can join me every week for a vulnerable conversation. And be sure to follow Vulnerable on Instagram and TikTok at The Vulnerable Podcast. And make sure to tune in to my YouTube to watch the video version. 